I've been doing a little series called Advance, Advance. And basically the word advance means to make progress or to move forward in a purposeful way. It is the will of God for us to prosper. It is the will of God for us to increase more and more and to advance in the things of God and in His will for our life. Now, A stands for attitude, and D stands for decision and determination. V stood for vision, and the last one was A, anticipation. Amen. And today, N stands for never look back and never draw back. Never look back and never draw back. So the text we want to look at this morning is Proverbs 4 and verse 18. It says this, that the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Our path is to get brighter and brighter, not darker and darker, not worser and worser, greater and greater, not lesser and lesser. The paths that God has for you and for me are ever advancing and ever moving. And He has made a commitment to us. In Psalms 23, it says that He leads us in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. Now, what that means, He leads us in the right paths. He knows exactly what's right for you. He knows exactly what you should be doing and where you should be and how you should be functioning in your life. The right paths. I'm interested in the right paths for my life. How about you? Amen? How many of you know if it's not quite, it's not right? And you know on, your, on the inside of you when something is not quite right. Anybody had that sense in their spirit, you know, this is the wrong way to go. This is the wrong decision to make. Well, thank God you can count on His commitment to you to lead you in the right paths. And then on the other hand, we have a commitment to Him where we say, Show me your paths, O Lord, and teach me thy paths. In Psalms 27, in verse 11, He says, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. I love what one translation says. The message says, Point me down your highway, God. Direct me along a well-lighted street. Show my enemies whose side you're on. Aren't you glad the Lord is on your side? The Lord is for you. He is not against you. And the hand of the Lord, I prophesy over you, is upon you for good. All the days of your life. Amen. In 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-one, the message says, What a God! His road stretches straight and smooth. Every God direction is road tested. Everyone who runs toward Him makes it. Amen. Say with me, I'm going to make it. I'm going to go all the way, all the way with God, and I'm going to make it. My family's going to make it. My friends are going to make it. We are going to make it all the way to the finish line. 
And we're not going to make it all burnt out. We're not going to get to the finish line all stressed out and bummed out and all saddened by what's going on in this world. Why? Because we are too infatuated with Jesus. We're too excited about what's happening in the earth today on the positive side. We are going to go out in a blaze of glory. Is that you? Now, all the time we have his word. The entrance of his word gives light. I like Psalm 119, verse 105 in the message. It says this, By your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. Praise God. And so the path of the righteous, back to our text, is getting brighter and brighter that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Now, when it says just, he's talking about you. You have been justified. You have been declared righteous. Everyone that has been born of God has been made a new creation and has been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So he says, the path of the righteous, the path of the just is getting brighter and brighter. And then how are the just supposed to live in these last days? It says four times in the Bible that the just shall live by faith. Question mark. Whose path is going to get brighter and brighter? The just. And how are we to go down this path every day of our lives? We're going to go down this path by faith. And when we live by faith and walk by faith, our lives are going to get brighter and brighter and better and better. Now look at verse 38. It says here in the, in the Passion Translation, he says, and he also says, my righteous ones will live from my faith. But if fear holds them back, my soul will not be content with that. How many of you know that drawing back is the opposite of advancing? Amen. Drawing back is the opposite of moving forward. And so he said, those that draw back really are those that have been yielding to fear. Fear will keep you from advancing. And Jesus made it very clear in Matthew chapter 6, if you look at verses 25 through 34, that we are not to live by fear. Let's look at Matthew 6 and notice with me in verse 25 through 34. Amen. Say it with me, I'm not looking back. I'm not shrinking back. And I'm not drawing back. I'm moving forward in faith. God's not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and a love. And what kind of mind you got? What kind of mind you got? What kind of memory you got? Amen. You got a blessed memory. The Bible says the memory of the just is blessed. Right? Yesterday, you know, I went down to Grandparents Day down in Southern California to be with Olivia and Lucy uh, on, uh, I think it was Friday, and it was just such a wonderful experience to, to be with them in their classrooms, and Brenda wasn't able to go, but uh, I wasn't thinking about going until I got the call from my oldest son, John, 
on Thursday morning. He says, the girls are really bummed that you're not coming. And my heart just melted. And I thought, okay, I'm coming. So I went down there and had just a, uh, just a, a great experience. I was a hero for a day. Yeah. Right? I haven't been a hero since eighth grade. When I sunk a shot from about 30 feet, maybe evangelistically speaking, to win the city championship. But anyway, you didn't need to know that. But I needed to tell you that. But they're taking me to the airport yesterday. And I'm talking about the memory of the just is blessed. Say it with me. My memory is blessed. Say this. My mind is my mind. And my mind will be fully functional my entire life. I will never ever lose my mind. For I have the mind of Christ. Yeah, but I was thinking about a person the other day and and I couldn't think of their name. Well, maybe you're not supposed to. Maybe you're just to forget it. Just a joke. But we're on the way to the airport and, uh, you know, we're singing oldies. Anybody ever sing oldies? We're singing some Beach Boy songs, you know. Just had a nice dinner. Somebody said, man, that's pretty carnal. Well, you mind your own business. <laughs> and we got to singing songs by Jan and Dean. You know, Jan and Dean did uh, The Little Old Lady from Pasadena. And then I said, well, have you guys ever heard of the song Leader of the Laundromat? And John and Lindy started laughing. Leader of the laundromat? There's leader of the pack. But there's not leader of the laundromat. And I said, I think that there was. Well, Lindy's in the back seat. She Googled it. Yep, there was a song by the detergents. Leader of the laundromat. (laughs) So I said, yeah, I have a good memory. And the Holy Spirit will help you to remember things that you need to remember. He will call all things to your remembrance. So don't buy into the fear or the worry of losing your mind. Matthew chapter 6. See, worry is a manifestation of fear. And worry and fear will always cause a person to draw back and to look back and to keep them from advancing. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, in verse 25, he says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Verse 26, Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Read the rest with me. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Think about it. God feeds the birds by the billions daily. So whenever you're tempted to worry about what you're going to eat, you need to go bird watching. And look what God does for them. And how much more for you. Amen. Amen. And goes on to say, verse 27, Which of you, by taking thought or worrying, can add one cubit unto his stature? 
And why take ye thought for raiment or clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more put gasoline in your tank? Well, I know it's about $6, but, but God. Don't factor God out when you go to the gas station. Amen. Anyway, I thought I'd throw that in there. Verse 30. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow's cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying. Now, thoughts are going to come, aren't they? Thoughts of doubt, thoughts of fear, thoughts of unbelief are going to come. Satan brings thoughts to our minds. But here's what the Word of God says. It says, don't take them. Instead of taking them, we're to cast them down. Now, the way that people take the thoughts of the enemy is they begin to speak what they're thinking in their minds. And so he says, therefore, don't take any thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Read verse 33 and verse 34 with me. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things... Read that last phrase again. All these things... Places to eat... Food to eat, clothes to wear, somewhere to live, it's going to be added unto you. Read, read verse 34. Therefore, take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So you and I are certainly not those who are held back by fear. We are not those that are going to perish. But we are among those who have faith and experience true life. So say this with me. I'm not pulling back. I'm not drawing back. I'm not looking back. I am advancing and I am moving forward in faith. Now, a prime example of a people that looked back were the children of Israel. Anytime and every time things would get tough, they started thinking about Egypt. They started thinking about the garlic and the onions and the fish and the melons. They looked back longingly. What we could call that, incidentally, is selective and modified memory. They forgot how bad it was. They forgot about... They thought, oh, the good old days. Yeah, right, when you were being whipped. When you were under the thumb of a taskmaster. 
How soon and how easily people forget what God's brought them out of. We are not to look longingly back at the good old days. I'm telling you right now, the good old days weren't that great. The good old days had problems. The good old days had troubles. But oh, thank God it's a new day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Now look at Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 10. It says, Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. Now notice the message translation of this verse. It says, don't always be asking, (coughs) where are the good old days? Wise folks, don't ask questions like that. (laughs) Folks, if you've been saved, if you've been delivered, he's brought you out of Egypt. Egypt has nothing to offer us anymore. Thank God we have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. So we don't whine, we don't complain, we don't say we don't say we're going back. How does God look at pulling back? He said, "My soul shall have no pleasure in Him." And so, what do you say, you and I advance? To step in and to step out. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. Amen. How many of you know that there are times in our lives where God will come to us and He will tell us, you need to let go of this. You need to lay that aside. Am I preaching to the right crowd today? If you've never heard God deal with you about laying something aside and getting rid of something in your life, then we are just going to crown you as Saint Whoever. <laughs> no, in Hebrews, in chapter 12 and verse 1, it says we are to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us so that we can run with patience the race that has been set before us. Now, there was a woman... Lot's wife, who we are to consider just for a moment. There's just a real simple verse in the Word of God, Luke 17, verse 32. He said, remembers Lot's wife. Now, we know what happened to Lot's wife. They came down to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah was on fire. It was burning. It was absolutely being devastated. And one thing that God told Lot, I'm going to spare you and your family and your kinfolk, but when you leave Sodom and Gomorrah, I want you to continue to look forward. Don't look back. Now, there was one in that company that looked back, and it was Lot's wife. And Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt. Lot's wife must have had some unholy attachments to Sodom and Gomorrah. She must have looked back longingly, 
thinking about their home, thinking about all of those things. So Lot's wife, Lot's wife ended because, I believe, of unholy attachments. I believe this with all my heart. The Lord would have us get rid of any unholy attachments to the spirit of this world. Somebody says, you're in a Christian church and you're talking about unholy attachments? Absolutely. Just because you're born of God doesn't mean you are exempt to the spirit of this world. Just because you're born of God does not mean that you're exempt from carnality. And just because you're born of God does not mean that you're exempt from being tempted. Right? Temptation knocks on the door of Christians' lives. And what he wants us to do, he wants us to get off of the path and keep us from advancing and looking back longingly at how things used to be and how good things used to be. But oh, thank God, we are not of this world. And because we are not of this world, we should not have any attachments to this world, to the spirit of this world. Because the spirit of this world is the enemy. And what he does is he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And he will use whatever means he can to get us off the path. To keep us from advancing. To pull back and to look back so that he can trap us like he trapped Lot's wife. Now, I'm not saying you're going to turn into a pillar of salt. Thank God there's something in the Word of God that's a beautiful word, and the word is repent. Anybody ever had to repent before? Amen. Somebody said, yeah, like last night. Well, good. Because God is so good to us, it's the goodness of God that will lead us to repentance. And so we need to be on guard in our lives 24-7 because the enemy walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But this crew here are Maynots. Say with me, I'm a Maynot. He may not devour me. Thank God. Thank God the greater one lives in you. Say with me, greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. And so we must guard ourselves from unholy attachments, from the spirit of this age and from the spirit of this world. And now this gets into who we associate with. This gets into who we hang with. How many know if you hang with people that are worldly, there's a good chance that you're going to yield to worldliness. Somebody says, yeah, but you know what? I want to witness to them, but don't go to the bar to do it. Don't go to the club at midnight to do it. No, there is a way to be a light to your, to your friends. There's a way to be a light to your associations. But being a light does not mean entering into the arena of life where they are at so that the enemy would come and cause you to sin.
You see, the Bible says that corrupt communications, what do they do? Evil communications corrupt good manners. Somebody said, well, why are you getting into this this morning? Well, I believe the Spirit of God's leading us here. If we are going to be the glorious church, we cannot have one foot in the world and one foot in the world, in the Word. If we're going to be the glorious church, we cannot allow ourselves to be sucked in to the spirit of this age. He is a thief. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But thank God he can't destroy you. And he can't destroy me. Why? Because we are presenting ourselves as living sacrifices unto God, wholly acceptable unto Him. Amen. So say with me, faith refuses to look back because the best is out ahead. Now here's, here's, a, here's a huge area we must never look back to, and that is the past. Never let the past hinder you, stop you, or cause you to draw back from his path for your life. Someone once said this, too often we remember what we should forget, and we what? And we forget what we should remember. So I'm exhorting you this morning, don't allow the past to cloud your future. Look at Philippians, the third chapter, and let's read this together. He said this in Philippians 3, verse 13. Ready, read. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching unto those things which are before. Look at verse 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting the past. What does that mean? Forgetting the past in the spiritual sense means that you don't allow the past to dominate your present or to dictate your future. And another thing about the past, you need to let go of the cares of the past. Isn't that what the Bible says? It says, casting all of your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Amen. So before you can go on down the path God's got for you, you've got to let go of unholy attachments and let go of the past. Paul at one time was Saul of Tarsus. And if you know about Saul of Tarsus, he had to forget about his past and never look back or draw back so he could move forward in the things of God. In Isaiah the 43rd chapter, in verse 18 and 19, here's what he said. He said, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Let's move on. Behold, what kind of a thing is God doing in your life? Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I got a question for you. Can God furnish a table for you in the wilderness? Can God meet your need in 2022? When the Tao is going down. 
and gas prices are going up and rent is through the roof. Can God furnish a table for you in the wilderness? The answer to that, yes, he can. Yes, he can. Can God furnish your babies with clothing? The answer is yes, he can. Hallelujah. Can God do for you what you could never do for yourself? Yes, he can. Can God furnish a table right here in the Bay Area for you and for me? Yes, he can. Woo! Glory to God. Can God cause our property to be paid in full years and years ahead of time? Yes, He can. Can God deliver you from the side effects of COVID? Yes, He can. Can God keep COVID from getting in your body? Yes, He can. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Oh, yes, He can. Woo, hallelujah. Yes, he can, and yes, he will. Oh, yes, he can. Oh, yes, he can. Oh, thank God. Can God loose that which you need to come to you in abundance? Yeah, he can. Can God get that church built over in the Philippines? Yes, he can. Well, stand up and shout about it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Can God restore a broken soul? Yes, He can. He restores our soul. Glory to God. Can God turn around what the enemy has stolen from you and return it sevenfold? He is a God of recompense. He is a God of abundant compensation. Don't think for one moment that God has not noticed your faithfulness. Don't think for one moment that God has not been keeping record of your faithfulness to give, to serve, and to sow. And because you have been faithful, if you have been faithful, you are well positioned for God to furnish a table before you in the wilderness. Hey, how many of you know we're just passing through? We're on our way to heaven. We're singing and we're shouting the victory. Anybody here in the house on their way to heaven? Anybody here in the house part of the glorious church? We are just passing through. But while we are passing through, we are not passing through beat up and beat down. We're like the children of Israel. He's bringing us forth with silver and with gold. And there will not be one feeble among our tribe. Hallelujah. We are just passing through. And, but while we're passing through, we're going to experience days of heaven upon the earth. Hallelujah. No more drawing back. No more looking back. We're not looking back to Egypt. We're looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Woo! Hallelujah. 
So nombre que este le broca masiste breque mastokelene. So no longer be saddened by circumstance, but be gladdened by what I have for you in the future, says the Lord. Yes, it's been tough. Yes, it's been rough. But my hand is upon you for good. I said in my word that I would never, ever leave you nor forsake you. My hand is upon you, and I'm working on things even now in your life. So continue along the path. Continue in the word. Stay in worship. Stay in praise. Stay in church. And the goodness of God shall be revealed unto you, and the doors of heaven shall open up, and you'll be glad. No longer shall you be saddened, but you'll be gladdened by what the Lord will do in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So this question, can God? Yes, He can. Yes, He can. All things are possible to him that believeth. Can God cause you to have home ownership? Yes, he can. That wasn't strong enough. Can God cause you to have home ownership? Can God cause the home that you have to be paid off? It's not strong enough. Yes, he can. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible to him that believeth. The Bible says, he that believeth hath. Woo, glory to God. Oh, we're getting happy in the house today. No, 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 we're not drawing back. We're severing, severing all unholy attachments. We're not ruled and reigned by the spirit of this world. We are of God. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Uh Uh-uh. We're not letting the past hold us back. We're moving forward. I ask you one more time. Can God? Yes, he can. And yes, he will. Kimberly just said it. We could add that to the sermon notes right there. Say with me. Yes, he can. And yes, he will. Can God turn our nation around? Can God stop abortion dead in its tracks? Can God remove corruption from our government? Can He do it? Can he do it? Yes. Will he do it? Yes. He's looking for a people like you. He's looking for a crew of faithfulness. Faithful, faithful people that will pray heaven to earth. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Lift up your hands right now and pray it. Thy kingdom come, O God. Oh, thy will be done. Thy will be done in my life. Thy will be done in my business. Thy will be done in my family. Thy will be done in the church. 
Thy will be done in this nation. I'll raise your hands and thank him for it. See, the Bible says righteousness, and we've learned that righteousness is another word for just. So righteousness will exalt a nation. Right? Those that are in right standing with God have been authorized to make a difference in this country. We are literally the salt of the United States. The only reason why this nation has not gone to hell in a handbasket is because the just are in this nation and the just are praying and the just are the salt of the earth and we are preserving this place. Now why is that? Because God's got a plan for this country. God's got a plan. Gee, folks, Jesus is coming soon. I said, gee, don't think for one moment that things aren't going to turn around. Things are turning. Jesus is coming soon. He could be here by September. And he's not going to find you and I hiding in a cave. Glory to God. He has prepared the very best for the last days. The very best. God's very best. The greatest move of God. The greatest manifestation of the glory of God. He has prepared it for this generation. Say it with me. Jesus Jesus. is coming soon. Can God prepare a wilderness, prepare, furnish a table in the wilderness? Say it again. Yes, He can. And yes, He will. Somebody says, yeah, but Pastor Mark, I I can't seem to let go of the past. You can if you will. I've just failed so many times. I've failed. But you're not a failure. Our attitude toward failure is always more important than the event of a failure. Henry Ford said this, failure is the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. Think about some of the greatest men in the Bible were not men who never failed. But they didn't quit. Moses murdered a man. David committed adultery. Peter cut a man's ear off with a sword. Jesus healed him. Paul persecuted the church. All of these men failed. All of them needed forgiveness. All of them needed God's mercy in order to have another chance in a new beginning. Thank God for new beginnings. Thank God for new beginnings. Thank you, Lord. Look at Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations, the third chapter. 
verse 21. I'm going to read it to you. It says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. Read verse 22 and 23 with me. It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. What are they? Aren't you glad? New every morning. Somebody says, I failed yesterday. Great is his faithfulness. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My final comments. Never look at who you were and what you used to be and what you used to do. These things will distract you and potentially cause you to pull back and draw back from God's best. Hebrews 12 in the Amplified verse 2 says, Looking away, everyone say looking away. From everything that would distract to Jesus. Instead of looking at your past, look at what Jesus has done in your life. Amen. He's done great things. He will yet do great things. Think about it. Who you are now that you're in Christ. Say it with me. I'm a new creation. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm more than a conqueror. Through him that loved me. I'm encouraging you to stay on the path. Keep walking by faith. Refuse to let anything or anyone pull you off the path. Never, ever look back. Never, ever pull back. Amen? Well, that's my message. I hope you got something out of it today. Glory to God.